podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And I'm Devin Aniral. That's right, everybody. He's still here with his finely parted hair and his face that just makes you go, hmm, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know what it makes you go? Hmm. Okay. I guess that's what your face looks like. I don't know if it does that. Okay, I feel like I feel like it makes you go mm, something's off with this. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, but that's the, but you dismiss it and be out of hand and then go okay and then move on. I see, you know, but that's just otherwise the same there's no there's no mystery to the to the episode. Otherwise, sure, sure. Then you don't have an episode yeah. if you already know. Like if he showed a, up and he had a Hitler mustache, it'd be like gone from the get. <laughs> like, oh well, that guy's obviously. He's a villain. <laughs> it would not. I don't think that would be that different than the episodes we've seen where someone uh, someone messes with Troy. Yeah, it just basically shows up and it's Hitler, but, and she's like, "I don't know. I'm just feeling something for him." But if he had like a long, uh, curly mustache and a top hat, and was clearly holding rope behind his back, I still think you'd be like. Eh. Troy's gonna fall. Uh, you doing like the the old school <laughs> yeah, villain? Snidely, from, uh, Snidely Whiplash from a movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, your your yeah. Snidleys, your uh, your Borises of your Bullwinkle fame. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Your look, even Riker is kind of a bad boy. He's a good bad boy, but uh, uh, so maybe that's just look, her thing. Who doesn't like a bad boy? Speaking of bad boys. I don't have any segue for that. <laughs> Speaking of bad boys, let's see who's crazy. in the Admirals Club. <laughs> no! No! You're so far it's off. Okay. What about, should Matt, they watch the episode? You have to watch this episode? <laughs> I mean, look, I like Jordy, so sure. There you go. Well, yeah, I did that in the Admirals Club. No you one's mad. It. No one's you really mad saved about it. it. <laughs> They're not bad. It's just uh, it's not the order. Um, I'm hearing a, a little bit of. Uh, you hearing my air conditioner go? Just, that... No, it's not the air conditioner. It's like it's an in headphone something going on. I just want to make sure that they're not hearing. No, it. they. I think they are. I think it's my air conditioner. Watch. I'll turn. I don't if think I turn this down. Tell me if it stops. It sound... No, it's still there. It's like a. It's a, like a little. It's a little electrical kind of. I don't hear it on my end. No, it's the. I don't hear it. The air conditioner wasn't bothering me. Check your side. Check if it's something on your end. Because I don't hear it over here. It's not my phone. Andy, are, like you still, are you still hearing it? Interference. Are you still hearing it? Less, much less, to the point where maybe we shouldn't worry about it. It's like still now. It's like a tick, 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 tick. It might just be that we're plugged in. That? That's 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 that's, that's it. Okay. 
Well, I don't know if that's it, but that's certainly along the lines of what it is. (laughs) Well, I mean, how am I supposed to figure this out then? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's just, it's going to be that. Was that, do you hear it? Uh, I hear it very, very quietly to the point where I don't think Everybody at home, uh, let us know if you heard it. Just kidding. Please don't. We're aware of it, and I don't really think there's a way I can get around it right now. So, I apologize. I really apologize. (laughs) You're really excited about leaving that that BTS. I mean, it's a crammed it's a crammed day here at the at the facility. We got we got we got we got it's the last day of the month. We got to get this out. I don't know if we can deal with me having to try to remember to edit something. (laughs) Me. My mother's birthday. Oh yes, I gotta send her a, a little uh, my hey. text, my birthday text. Happy birthday, Mary Myra! Happy birthday, Mary Myra! Long time a Star Trek fan, first time caller. Um, long time Matt that, fan. Well, that's TBD on that. Not mm-hmm. really. Yeah, it's not long like I'm my brother John. <laughs> then she'd be a huge fan. Are you the no. favorite? Are you, is, is John I've the favorite? I've decided yes, but my mother will text me and tell me that she has no favorites. Oh, well, that's always a lie. But the question is, is are you her All favorite? All I'm saying is, is he moved to favorite? Florida. I moved to California. Where yeah. does she live, Andy? You know, sometimes distance can make you the favorite oh, because... Okay. Uh, because then, then you don't, you don't, you're not there to offend as well, often. Well, then I potentially back in. TBD. Yeah. This is a lot of conjecture right. for the Admirals Club. Does John have a kid? Yeah, he's got three. Oh, yeah, then he probably is beating you. I there. mean, come on. He's, he's beating me. Yeah. He's, he's One of them's in college, so and one of them is about to be in college. So he's he's got many yeah. years of kid on me. All right. You got to give you got to give Henry his lore. I've got to give Henry. <laughs> I guess. Got, I guess Henry is the lore. I, so I, just, I guess I, then you got to give Henry his data. I just got to get Henry talking so we can get him into one of those Doogie Hauser programs. Right. So he can he, be a doctor a by eleven or something. Is he a genius? He can't yeah. talk. Would you so like that? I've decided that maybe he's not a genius. I that that is definitely going to reverse at some point. There's no question. <laughs> no, it's already he's, he's the already, child. Of, already is now that he's gabbers. now that he's like uh, he's just, actually around children. He's just picking his moment. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what was that? this is a, not a Star Trek discussion, but here we are in the Admirals Club. Well, we already. Uh, yes, I guess we did go into the Admirals Club, so you don't even need to. I don't. We're to here. I'm, play the we're theme or open open the doors. Can't you tell by all this? Hi, all everybody. The Sorry. Around here. Boy, do they hate us on this ship. Look at the beige and the tan. Um, We're definitely the Admiral's Club. Yeah. Isn't every room beige and tan? Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> some, some are, some are kind of... Well, I mean, the president circle isn't, obviously. Some are kind of gray. The president circle is a lot of red velvet. Mm. Um, all right. Here are the... Oh, Matt... Yeah. <laughs> now I'm off the rails. Sorry, guys. Here they get in. Go to Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review. You'll be in the Admirals Club, and Andy might select your uh, review to be read inside this very club. Matt, how do they get into the Admirals Wait, Club? Wait, I just said that. And here's... Yeah, I know. Um, uh, here are our Admiralities. <laughs> 
Uh, why do I? Why do I like this so much? Ad, asks Admiral, Seuss three, four, Admiral, five, Admiral Latiz. <laughs> Sounds like an admiral who calls up and just teases everyone. Admiral Latiz. Admiral Tease. Oh, hey, Sean Luke. You still got that uh, Klingon that wants to shoot everything back there? Hi. Oh, look, it's the no feelings android at the helm. What a crew you've assembled. I'm such a tease. Admiral Tease, do you have any just business? Is there any orders, mm, anything? Maybe. Mm, you might know. Maybe you don't. Bye. <laughs> um, all right. Seuss 3456. That as the worst bit we've ever done. And that's all my fault. So thank you. No. Everybody. No way. <laughs> Not even close. Admiral Latiz. You've done so many bits that. It's no. Even, it's even no, halfway it's in, no, we bail on it because we're so hard. No horrified. Lieutenant Pranksman. That's true. Uh, Lieutenant Pranksman. Uh, we hardly knew ye. Uh, Seuss3456, who's heard his name or her name th- like several times at this point. Why do I like this so much? A valid question, Seuss3456. I was a casual Star Trek fan, but this podcast made me a Trekkie. Take that as an endorsement or warning. You decide. Admiral's Club. I would say that is an endorsed, great. an endorsed warning. Thank you. I feel like that's like that's poll quote worthy uh, endorsement. Yep, for all those podcast posters you see around. That's right. <laughs> Peter Travers of Rolling Stone hasn't listened. <laughs> this is, who is the biggest podcast reviewer? I don't think that's a thing. Is there anybody I don't think that exists? It used to Not be. Used to be the uh, people used just to be the AV Club. It's all word of mouth, right? Yeah, I think it's all, um, you know, you got to know where to get podcasts. And then I think it's all algorithmy. Yeah. Um, Shaven Mud writes, I'm an admiral now. Makes me laugh. Great banter. Occasionally about Star Trek. <laughs> Much like the show they analyze, uh, TNG, this podcast only gets good several episodes in, then goes to shit occasionally in season seven. It's certainly proven I by this podcast episode so far yeah he gave us five out of five you gotta post it well that's um or read it paco or paku uh 2454 writes secunda another gem from matt myra podcast extraordinaire um my journey here started from uh smodcast where i heard about talk salad and scrambled uh-huh. eggs and Phoebe. Unfortunately, uh-huh. neither of those are still going, but I can still get my fix here with the added bonus of included track. Let me tell you, Phoebe has never uh, shut it down. Phoebe's still going. Just You just got to wait. I mean, sure, we're like two years Is behind. Is salad shut down? Yeah. No, but it, it, also no. It's, none of these have formally ended. I would say keep your feeds fre- refreshed, everybody. You never know when an episode will drop. You heard it here first, guys. That's it for the Admiral's Club. All right. So now, what do we do? We go to the President's Circle, right? Just want to double check. That's right. That's correct. The United Federation of Planets President's Circle. Ah, it's the President's Circle. It's very cool in here. The air conditioner's still running hot. And uh, we wanted you to know, everyone, that you can become a member of the President's Circle. It's very simple. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC 
And if you're like, man, I want more of them in my ears, uh, and after thus far, I can't imagine why you would say that. But if you happen to say that, there's a way. You can get four bonus <laughs> episodes every month in the President's Circle. Uh, we're doing Voyager, Enterprise. We're going to kick off some season three of Discovery in a, in a, in a, in a, in a bit. And... Uh, Boy, oh boy, the action's just happening. the whole back catalog. And we like to right. single out some great comments with the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Uh, Andy, who we got this week? The winner of the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor, uh, I'm guessing is the offspring of uh, one of our President Circle members, uh, Chief Astrophysics Officer Andy Puckett, um, who gives us all of our of a tech breakdown of the uh, of the episodes on occasion. Um, and uh, he writes uh, hi Andy and Matt a member of my team acting ensign Jack Puckett 11 years old pronouns they them asked me to send you this Dax Hales clip that they put together enjoy All right. um, which is I guess in preparation uh, for our and you know, no it's our, also our in discussion we talked about who was the comms officer remember and I said it was Dax on board Space in nine. the yeah in DS9 correct yes. yeah sure but this That's this stems from our discussion of that and uh, here are here's that sound it's hailing us ooh just a quick it's hailing us i like an it nice and quick i like an it it's hailing us <laughs> could be a rock it's true what could, could it be, be? A giant <laughs> space baby could be a space probe who knows yeah, yeah. it's nice um, anyway, that's your uh, so congratulations, uh, Ensign Puckett, uh, on your Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Uh, now we enter the priority one messages, which are from the Patreon, whether you're at Lieutenant's level or the President Circle level. Uh, we give these hails special notice. Yes, and we open those hails and they income. Captain, incoming message. Incoming message. I didn't mean to hit that. I think everybody knows that. Here. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. I guess that works, too. Okay. Andy, what's happening out there? What are people saying about liaison? <laughs> Uh, Mr. The Ultimate Trekker writes, uh, these aliens are really taking a page out of Data's playbook. They seem to understand emotions exceptionally well, um, which I think was the general feeling about them. Lieutenant Mike Laban writes, uh, I always thought of the Picard part of this episode as a futuristic version of misery. Um, yeah, to a point. Which is really right on target. Um, JJ and Jess at Tanagra <laughs> writes, uh, JJ and Jess at Tanagra, the pizza good, writes, uh, I think they, they still think they did this, the love story wrong. Picard isn't going to get feelings for someone that fast, and definitely not with that dependency complex Riker would make more sense the sinister storyline could still exist but there was never a single time I was invested because Picard was never in danger he was just slightly annoyed but the best choice would be Geordi he fell for a hologram and he seems to enjoy the quote let's rely on each other type dynamic where Picard likes the quote we're our own people and enjoy each other's company type um, I don't know how many times I sang, quote, Andy needs a sandwich during this episode, but it was still not enough. <laughs> he does, everybody. Andy needs a sandwich. I really do. Oh, I, I really could. To be honest with you, I could pull back. <laughs> I had, I had, uh, last night, I made my friend's pizza. Mm -hmm. Then they brought banana pudding, which we had. 
then another friend had brought rhubarb pie which uh we you know some of us had the ones with the with the stronger will to die and then uh, i uh, after they left this is really where you get an eating disorder area i had uh white chocolate covered pretzels on my own uh, like a like a store so, uh, could like uh, Mr. Phipps pretzel. Yeah, you know, things. I discovered them at Whole Foods, and I was like, "These are real that was good." An interesting emphasis. I've never heard it said like that. Yeah, Whole Foods instead yeah. of Whole Foods. That's interesting. Oh. Whole Foods. I like it. Uh, I think it was because of the the, the structure of the. Sentence, like, hey, I, said, I found them at Whole have Foods. Have you been to? <laughs> have you been to? You have to go. Da- you have to go up at the end. If I went down, I would went. I found them at Whole Foods. I found them at. Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't emphasize. I put the up because Trader I was Joe's. saying it was with interest that I found them at Whole Foods. Whole Foods. I wasn't saying it like <laughs> this, is, this is not a valid criticism. <laughs> um, Lieutenant Eric Peebles writes, I can buy that the love and antagonism diplomats were faking it. But the uh, but the pleasure guy clearly enjoyed going to town on dessert, mending, meaning he could already experienced pleasure. I believe it's all a sham and they just enjoy screwing with other races. They'll all have a good laugh when they get home about those dopes on the Enterprise. <laughs> um, which it was many people's thoughts. Can thought. you believe <laughs> that they thought that we they bought that whole thing? I mean... We don't know, we don't know, what, a, we don't know what eating or pleasure is. What kind of thing is that? Why did they buy that? I mean, those guys are doofuses. And then Lieutenant Andrew Gibson writes, uh, I think this is further proof of one of Andy's theories. The universal translator is an asshole. It's particularly clear that when this alien race says, we like learning about the emotions of other races, specifically how mad we can make them by screwing with them, only half the message is translated. (laughs) Um, And then continuing our ongoing theme of inside baseball questions about character payments, uh, which many of these I thought were funny because it's sort of like, yeah, who would know? Uh, so maybe you'll have some opinions. Some of these are obvious. One, if you write an episode with the first appearance of the character, is it yours or the show's creators? Does the writer of a pilot episode get uh, all the main cast? What about the late editions like Seven of Nine? Uh, so your that. instincts are correct. That. Question, questioner person. Uh, the pilot episode, yeah, that's every that's you get you get everybody. You write that script. And you put seven people in there, and they stay on the show forever. You get all seven of those. Uh, but you don't get character payments for that. Those are included in whatever fees you would get for the episode, for the pilot. Uh, I believe you do get character payments. I mean, it's so nominal to like compared to what no. you do get. Well, then why do I'm, I'm going to say I think you're. But why you're would then Glenn and Les Charles get like Sam Malone payment when he pops over onto Frasier? Well, that's because they were involved. Oh, you're in another yeah. show, I think. You yeah, do. yeah, yeah. But I think in well, but the Star in Trek the show universe, itself, you don't get a, an episode right. character. But in the like, Star- if I created Frasier, I would get a character payment for every episode of Cheers that Frasier existed in. No, because Cheers was first silly pants. Cheers was over by the time. No, Frasier I'm came saying out. in che- in Cheers. Yes. I write the first episode of Frasier. Which, I get a character payment for every episode after that in Cheers of Frasier. Right. Of yes. Frasier appearance. Yes, and and right. every episode of Frasier. Whereas Frasier. if I create the first episode... And every episode of Frasier. Right. But a, correct. Whereas if I write the first episode of Cheers, 
then I don't get a, a character payment for every episode for, for every episode that Sam Malone appears in. Unless he's in a different Other show. Other than I get fees for Unless he's in a different show. Unless he's in a different right. show. Exactly. Yes. Correct. Um and then he also uh, did I say that he what about late editions like seven of nine? So seven of nine would fall into that. It would fall into like whomever Frasier. got that I, script. I've said that so many times. Seven of nine is like Frazier. What's that? I say I was saying it would fall into whoever wrote that episode of the show. So whoever happened to have Correct. that script with Number- seven of nine in it, I'm guessing it was Brandon Braga. He then owns the, he then Braga gets Braga. the character payment for that character. Right. Uh, that'll, that'll come in in a moment too. Number two, if you have an quote off-screen character like Vera in Cheers or Maris in Frasier, if they finally were to appear, who gets the creation credit as most of the characters already established? Unseen villains are often introduced this way. That's a good question. I would I don't, guess. I think you don't you don't get it until yeah. the person speaks. Yeah, until it's the five Because I've had situation. many characters in Goldberg's where I establish the character, but then they don't get a line. And I will go further. This is probably a, uh, addresses some of the thing. You know where I got screwed no. um, on Goldberg's for any of the, you I that mean, watch I the show. A, a thousand times. I'm not places, pushing it. I don't yes, care. Go ahead. You're th- so uh, places where, uh, where you're, I got screwed. No, you're citing one specific oh, sure, example, yeah. though. Okay, here we go. It's a, a, a lit. I have a litany of screwings. Um, but uh, on Goldberg's, there are these. Uh, there are these. Well, they became five, but there were four, right? I guess five, including Barry, but he doesn't count. Yeah, the JTP yep, 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 yep. three. Yeah, and then became four yep. extra and ones. Season four. Yeah. Um, so there's three friends that we were knew were going to be introduced, and they were introduced in my episode. And I feel like I, the, where I really deserve the character payment is even though they're from Adam's life and so forth, I really established how they interact with each other and sort of finishing each other's sentences to the point where I had to explain it to the room. And I was just like, this is basic comedy math. Why? What's going on? And then I had to explain it to the actors who are fantastic. They're all so great. Um, but, uh, but they completely like, like that became, they became like just scientists at, at that rhythm. Um, but whatever the case, it was my episode. And then they seemed so promising that they introduced them two episodes earlier when they threw out an episode. So it became, uh, <laughs> oh, it was an Nikki, episode of throw out that caused that. Yeah. Uh, your classic episode throw out. So I didn't get, it was years years of character payments for old Secunda down They're the drain still going, still going. Ugh, so frustrating 10 to 12 times a year wonder how much that would have been Probably. how much would you guess that oh, would have been 35 40 400 dollars something like that wow 400 dollars no 4400 imagine what i would have spent that I'm on i'm thinking you might have had four thousand dollars over the course of the last eight years I think it would have might have been more than that. You think for only forty four hundred dollars? You know, it just it whittles down so much by the end. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that that is true. There's an el- another element since we're getting that into the three figure on this, payment that, just gets chopped and chopped and chopped. Because I created Glasscott, uh, Tim Meadows' character, which also went into uh, got his own series, Fraser style, and I was like, I'm going to be a millionaire. And then I realized there was a quirk with character payments where they split the fees like if there's 10 characters that you have to pay character payments for that at a certain point they just split the fees for all the character payments between the writers so everything gets whittled down and whittled down these are anyway high look, class someone problems, someone asks 
and there you go. That's that's the answer. Actually, it's not even the end. If I write an episode where a baby is born and they grow up to be a character, do I get paid? I think only when they You'd speak. You'd have to establish that that baby can talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah have, yeah, have the character say, that's a really great angle. Uh, if I... Uh, do non-speaking characters like R2-D2 count as they have no lines? Here's an interesting thing. R2-D2 he is speaking lines. dialogue. Yes. He does have that lines. You'd probably get a fight on that. but uh, No, I think you wouldn't because uh, I five. believe that like when you write a script, you'd have a dialogue line for R2-D2. Uh, you know, otherwise, otherwise you'd write like... R2-D2 uh, beeps solemnly or you'd put Right. R2-D2. Beep, boop, boop, beep. <laughs> you know what I That's mean? That's a real you question. Know what I mean? If you write R2-D2 write solemnly, does that count as a line? Uh, uh, speaks or beep solemnly. Does that count as a That's line? A question. I don't know. If yes to number four, we'll have to have an expert Jeez, from the Writers please. Guild on at some point. If yes to number four, what about pets like Spot or Livingston? They don't say lines, right. so they don't get it. But that's a really good point because pets would be, uh, they're really an essential part of, of shows sometimes. They don't really give Spot that much personality. <laughs> Do they, let me ask you this, Matt. Do you think they give Spot or Livingston more personality? Uh, Spot. You know, Spot at least has, like, established likes and dislikes and gets along yeah, with certain cast members. Well, I should say crew members of the sh- of the Enterprise. Does Picard ever acknowledge the fish? say anything? About Livingston? No. Like, oh, when you take care of my fish, can you The only time they ever or... were mentioned in dialogue is Jellico saying, get the fish out of there. Yeah, that's it. Interesting. Uh, what is it in... Is it canon that his name is Livingston? Or is that off... Uh, out of... Off the show? I had never heard it until Livingston Picard Twitter handle Livingston. Um, right. Livingston? Livingston? Cosmo, let us know. Number six, what about a previously inanimate object that can then talk like the TARDIS in one episode of Discovery <laughs> in the sh- or, or Discovery in the short trek? Uh, that's a great point. Wait, no, what, what's the question again? What about a character? Basically, when the TARDIS finally speaks, does it become a character? Yes, but Neil Gaiman gets that payment because Neil Gaiman wrote the episode where the TARDIS spoke and... No shit! Wow, that's a real deep cut yes. piece of information. But there. also the tart that, but you'd have to have that, you'd have to have the TARDIS again show up as a as a as a as a as a person, as a person as a again, like it did being in that episode. So. Uh, and then the last one is: apart from a few instances, the Borg are, are one collective mind. Are they one character? <laughs> this is a great oh, question. That's a good question. That is a good question. <laughs> fantastic <laughs> I love picking apart the uh, I gotta feel like such a perfect I, show I, I gotta feel like Maurice Hurley got a lot of Borg payments for a while until the Locutus and the Queen were established because we are the Borg yeah so it's like that's that's a character yeah it's fascinating um all right well we don't have all the answers but uh if there is a professional writer out there listening um please let us know Christine, there is a professional um, writer listening besides us. I know, there's, I know, there's one. Yeah, yes, yeah, so I guess we are the professional writers that should be able to answer it. We did the best we could. 
the great and terrible Lizak writes if you write a new character then Berman and Braga put their names on the episode as co-writers yeah. do you share the character you do indeed yes you do yes you do um, indeed hilarious um, David Landau writes Picard just looked quite awkward when Voval kept saying I love you two questions for Matt uh, whilst we know Riker would have just slept with them one how would Jellico have reacted to the same situation? And two, how would Boston Captain have reacted? I think Jellico would have uh, would have treated her much like the fish, and right. would have asked for her to be removed. Just said, uh, I don't know. "She's in my way. Just please uh, remove her." Get this, get that, get this lady out of my way. Unless it's, unless it's uniform. Delta Shift. And if it's Delta Shift, she could be here. I need a five shift rotation. Have Delta shift deal with her. <laughs> she would actually. He'd probably be like, "We need to sleep, and we need to take turns sleeping, so one of us should be awake at all times." <laughs> and he would trick her into always being asleep when he was awake. Yeah. Uh, and Boston Captain, you know, he'd probably. I think he'd probably Riker it up with her. You know. He would. He would have gotten. He'd probably be like, "Yeah, dude, fucking nothing else to do. <laughs> Let's fucking go." Sick shack. <laughs> Yo, I could put like a seat from Fenway right over there, and we could hang a couple of Celtics championship banners. Uh, Lieutenant Mike LeBon Would it writes, be okay if I uh, called you Tom Brady from now on? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I keep extending this, but <laughs> Mike LeBon also has how would Captain Rupert Crandall of the Inside Straight have reacted to I mean, Ball? only in a way that another character would mention and we would never see him actually react. <laughs> Whatever, however Captain Rupert Crandall reacted, you can be assured that it would have been the greatest reaction we had ever seen. Oh, old Rupert Crandall. <laughs> we would have been like, wow. That Rupert Crandall. He really did I it. I can't believe we devoted all that screen time to him. He's got a he's got to appear in season two, right? I, I don't think so. I mean, you I don't. They're know. just going to drop it know. after all that. After all that, do I think they're just going to drop it? God, I hope so. So weird. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen on television. Yeah, it it, it really was like telegraphed no in such a way, such a bizarre. Maybe that was a, like a let's subvert everyone's expectations. I mean, if it is, it's there's not even a payoff in the subversion. The way there would have been a payoff in the subver- subversion is if it was just like, there he is, there's his ship, and Blued then his ship yeah. exploded. Blued it up. Yeah. Blued it up. Lieutenant Tom Bondurant writes, regarding Martha's Priority One message, uh, wondering where all the cruise ships were, an unused pitch for season six finale might have turned the Enterprise into one. In Ron Moore and Brandon Braga's story, the Enterprise would have been ordered back to Earth for the crew to be reassigned. Moore said that the ship would have become, uh, quote, the Queen Mary, basically. Whether that meant full-on cruise ship duty or just docked permanently as a tourist attraction, we'll never know. Because the episode and season would have ended with half the ship destroyed and the saucer section crashed on a planet. According to Memory Alpha, the producers hated the whole episode. But Moore and Braga eventually got to reuse its title, All Good Things. No spoilers, but that wasn't all they got to revisit. <laughs> Andy, I don't want to break it to you, but there's an Enterprise E. <laughs> Holy shit. I didn't need to know I'm that. Sorry. Um, 
the um that sounds terrible it's i agree it sounds like a terrible idea doesn't it oh it sounds like an insane idea where like i'd be like you're fucking with us right you don't actually think this is a good idea do you I mean, so what? How it seems like a way to cut out all the drama of the show. Well, I mean, unless you you know turn it into a love boat show, and then I guess I would I would respect that level of drama on the ship. I guess it would be a smaller level of drama, be just more more intimate level of drama. Um, Stuart Allen story by Rick Berman and Brian (laughs) (laughs) Brocka. It's a really good one. We've been talking a lot about. Berman and Braga's um, habit of putting their name on every story in Enterprise Enterprise. Um, over on the Patreon. Unrelated to the episode, I was just noticing that following Andy's announcement only 120 weeks ago that the TNC Instagram feed was fully up to date, there have been subsequently uh, a whole 12 more posts. Good work, Andy. The chronological organizing sure was worth it. Look, guys, I've been real busy. Uh, I've been sitting at home with my cat, stuffing my face with white chocolate pretzels. Um, you know, I just had a lot on he my plate. He has friends he makes pizza for. And I mean, this, is, this is a guy who's I got shit to do. pizza okay? for some friends. Yeah. I'll try. I'll try and get back to the Instagram. Um, Lieutenant Michael C. Bazaruski, pecan fan art curator, <laughs> another Enterprise reference, says, uh, this is... Also unrelated to the episode, but the current quote, how did this get made, is about the movie Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe. Uh, and have you ever yeah. seen it, Matt? And they name-checked Andy. The main bad guy is Secundus. Hmm. Uh, I feel like that needs to be Patreon up now. It's on Prime Video, as is the Rift Tracks episode of it. And then Royale, Royale said... Uh, when they said, uh, quote, our friend Andy, my reaction can only be described as that Leonardo DiCaprio pointing meme. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I finally listened to it. It's very funny because the name is so much. It's actually it's what I called myself as a Borg. Secundus is Borg, which I didn't know that this movie existed. And uh, and uh, it's so clearly like my name from three people that know me. I was like, huh? Well, when are they going to mention me? Even though there's no reason that they would. And they finally do. And Jason Manzukis makes fun of it for like, come on, you guys all know who we're talking about. <laughs> Our good friend Andy Secunda. <laughs> um, which is very funny. Um, Chris Christoph, Christoph, Christopher? <laughs> Lieutenant Christopher Chris Christopherson writes, before watching, I honestly thought that this was the Nella Darren episode Lessons, not Liaisons. Not sure I had watched it since it aired, but it was a fun surprise. Not sure about the odd Fifty Shades of Wharf ending, though. Lastly, in the Priority One messages, Command Master Chief... Robert Garrison writes, I have to imagine that occasionally Dory watches an episode with Matt. Would anyone else like an episode where Dory is guest co-host? Uh, co-host. She's literally never watched an episode of Star Trek with me, so. No, that's not possible. True. Wow. Not even as like a birthday present kind of situation? Or is that birthday. not Let's watch Star Trek. No. Yeah. I watch enough of it on yeah, my own. Not. Yeah. 
And you don't care if she shares that part of your I life. I mean, it's like she's like she shows literally no interest in it, and it's like, oh, of course, or like Star Trek, or watch it, or tolerate it. Who cares? I can keep yeah. it in my office. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Master Chief. Sorry. Uh, that's sorry. it. I am that's sorry. It the, uh... <laughs> What's going on over there? Whole Foods. She's, Whole Foods. She saw Discovery. Uh, a couple of times because she was at tapings of After oh, That's Trek. unfortunate. She's never seen a TNG episode, but she saw Discovery. Yeah. I mean, them's the times, you know. What'd she think? What'd she say? Don't I don't I didn't ask her for a review, honestly. Oh, she said it because you were you were so intimately connected. Well, yeah, and she was like at the show, so like you know how you when, at After Trek you were forced to like right. sit and watch that week's episode before the show taped. Was I at that episode? You were with at an episode. I don't know if. Yeah, I think it was that week, right? I don't remember. I don't know. That's Whatever. fun. Here we are. Here we are. Many, many moons after that was canceled. Yep. And now we're going to go talk about another episode of TNG. We cross the many doors, the many uh, places. What do I regular do? House. I gotta close it? Yeah, close the ground this to a halt just so we could get actual regular hails. God, Andy. I didn't I didn't ground it to a halt. I was just saying things like we always do. I mean, which you could argue is grounding it to a halt. I mean, that's that's a fair <laughs> evaluation. Uh, Josh Monroe writes, Liaison's clip. Uh, hi, Andy and Matt. At the end of Liaison's, when Picard calls Voval's bluff, which incidentally happens on the bluff itself, on a bluff itself, hilarious, uh, something about Voval's voice felt a bit familiar. I decided to put this together, and I'll just let it speak for itself, Josh. And he says the clip is two minutes, so feel free to skip. Where Where is it? Wait, I'm sorry. What's it called, Andy? Uh, TNC Unsolved TNCs. It's called. That's it. Here we go. Failed. Failed? Val, what is going on? My name is Ambassador Voval. Ambassador? My mission was to study human intimacy, specifically the concept you I call... I do hear Robert Stack in there. In our study of your culture, we did not understand certain concepts, so we sent three representatives to study them, to experience them. But why... Did you believe that bringing me here would give you a better understanding of love? Several years ago, we discovered the remains of a trillion freighter on this planet. The ship contained logs written by a single survivor, a human woman. That it's was very our interesting. first contact. If you have how any, entirely different you have any information, his, his voice leading to this freighter from crash. the Voval woman is. Um, and then uh, he also says, oh, I had a thought about the higher, the fewer. The phrase was uttered when people were arguing or posturing. I took it to mean there's only room at the top for one person. Uh, if you have to be right, you'll alienate people around you. It's only the top, essentially. The way in which it's delivered suggests more of a pulling back from the edge reminder or mantra. Just thought I had ages ago and keep forgetting writing about it. And I uh, am including that, Josh, because it was Josh's birthday uh, this month. And uh, just sending out a happy birthday to our longtime listener, Josh Monroe. Um, 
Happy Thank birthday. Thank you for, the, for that. And then there's one last voice hail. Yes, I have it. Um, all right, so I guess play it. Hi, Andy. Uh, Boyd Harris, a uh, longtime listener, sometimes caller to the show. I just wanted to call and kind of make a comment on the, the discussion you were having in liaisons at the very beginning about the previous episode where Crusher's put in charge of the ship and somebody was like, you know, she's not a, a line officer. Uh, she is a commander, though, and I think there's an in-show explanation for this. We don't have to talk about, like, modern military and everything like that. But, like, in the show, I believe there's there's uh, the arc of Deanna Troy kind of touches on this, where she has that kind of moment where she's put in command where O'Brien and uh, the Bajoran, and I forget her name, is, uh, is, you know, on the, on, the, on the bridge. And then after that, she has, like, this kind of throwaway scene with Riker where she's like, I want to take the command exams. I want to be a command. And so I think to be a commander in Starfleet, like, you do have to have, like, this training to actually take command. And it's, it's worth noting also that Dr. Crusher was the commander of Star Trek Med- of Starfleet Medical in the second season, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, not, not just her being the top doctor in Starfleet, but she's like basically an administrator. So I think she has the command potential. I think she has the responsibility. And I think Picard's well within his right to put her in charge of the ship. Uh, because in, in, in that entire episode, too, she, she does what good commanders are supposed to do. She listens to her subordinates. She takes options. I mean, she makes the, she makes the call. Um, so that's just my kind of intro explanation to like why he he put her in command and not Lieutenant uh, Barnaby or something like that. Uh, guys, love the show. Thanks a lot for doing this, especially during the pandemic. Um, it's it's been a great boon and a wonderful thing to kind of make make quarantine life bearable. Thanks a lot, guys. Live long and prosper. Peace and long life. You're welcome. Uh, peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Um, yes. I agree with all of that. The, I think I think to be a commander in Starfleet, you do. I mean, we'll see it uh, in season seven when Troy finally gets her promotion. Um, before we get out of the hails entirely, uh, there is uh, also I, I don't. I, someone sent it to me. Maybe several people sent it to me a long time ago. I said Secundus a Bor- as Bo- a Borg just as yes. a joke, and I noted. In memory beta, we need, don't need the theme for this. That there is a Secundus of Borg that's in Star Trek Online. Beta. This. Um. And I assume that's unrelated, right? That wasn't some someone put I bet it in. It might there. be a reference to the act, the movie that uh, Zook and uh, Paul and June were doing there. Think so, but uh, Wait, anyway, wasn't isn't that character's uh, name of, Secundus? Of interest. Yeah, it I is. Think that the novel, but I feel I like think Secundus the novel, is. A, yeah. I think that the mem- I think whoever wrote that book was probably referencing that movie. No, it was uh, Star Trek Online. Okay, I think whoever wrote that Star Trek Online character was referencing the movie. Right? <laughs> I mean, there's a riff track to, to it. It seems to be a very I think Secundus is just. It just sounds like a good name for something. <laughs> I think you think like everything me. sounds like a good name. That kind of like would, how about how about this name, Andy? Does that sound like a good name okay. to you? No, that's not. A good name. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, he subverted my expectations. It's <laughs> a terrible name. I can't believe it. I guess it's good for a podcast I host expected, because it sounds. I expected you. To it sounds misleadingly it. friendly. Wow, <laughs> blown away here. Anyway, that's it. That's for the it for the hails. Now I can close those. Oh, 
Wait, you're saying, oh, so I'm supposed yeah, to say this first. Sure. You can. No, I mean, we're Email done. With it, but if you would like to send a hell, send it to sttncpod at gmail.com. Um, or you can join the, uh, the Patreon and get uh, priority access. Um, you can tweet Matt at Matt Myra uh, or Instagram him there. You can Instagram me at Andrew Secunda. Or at Secunda, you can tweet me. This is the most awkward way I've ever done this. If you want to send us a voice hail, I feel like I'm doing it like Yoda. I'm like reversing everything. What is happening? 816 Trek TNC is where you call us. <laughs> send a voice hail to that. You will. Oh, Jesus. That was, that was rough. <laughs> I liked it. I think it was good. I think it was. Uh... Thanks, pal. <laughs> Don't be so hard on yourself here, okay? I appreciate right, that. Now, let's <laughs> hop in. We crossed the many doors, the many places. Your hails made us think of all your faces. Sit comfortably in your little Borg node. Let's talk about this week's episode. Yep, it's this week's episode, Interface, which aired, Andy, I can tell you that. October 4th, 1993. Yes, it did. What was the number one song? Was it still Gangsta's Paradise? It was, but uh, no, it was Dream Lover by Mariah Carey. But do you have any interest in listening to the number one song in the UK? Boom, Shake the Room. Let's see how weird it is over there. Boom, Shake the Room. Oh, DJ Jazzy Jeff. And the Fresh Prince. Oh, I haven't heard this in forever. Number one movie in the U.S., Malice. Number one book, The Bridges of Madison County by Robert James Waller. Nice. Number one TV show that week, Home Improvement. First that week, actor Angus T. Jones, Two and a Half Men. Crazy. Uh, events, Michael Jordan announces his temporary retirement from basketball. Well, that's it. Uh, that's it. Slow news day in the 90s. I love it. All right. Yeah. Well, then, I guess we should find out what the chairman of the board was doing. Uh, why not? What? What? No? Yeah, why not? Oh. <laughs> why wouldn't we? Gonna say? What would stop said, us? No, we're not. I was like, oh, okay. No, we're not. No, uh, no. Sorry. I didn't mean to negate your Frank Sinatra, come on. Da, 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 da. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> for Frank Sinatra, come on. Andy, what? What's the chairman up to? In other words, Frank's at East, Matt, performing this week in Uniondale, New York, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, words, and Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, wow. His 17-song set list for these shows started with I've Got the World on a String and ended with New York, New York. If you were seeing Frank Sinatra live, Andy, what would you want yeah. him to close with? Have to be I feel like I did it my way from New York. Closer. Uh, that's a valid point. Well, then I would want him to open with there New York. There you go. Me too. I want him to also start the encore with Fly Me to the Moon. Okay. Yeah. You know what? That's a better set. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if he saved my way for an encore. Oh, good or question. Is, when you say the show ended, does that mean including the encores or not including oh, the this is, I mean, This is a good question. Who knows? Yeah. Now, Andy, are there any other segments that I'm missing here? No, these okay. were done. Seinfeld with all this was on. We're done with our 45 minutes. Seinfeld of segments. was on at this time, but okay. 
Do you want to? Do you want to find out what Seinfeld was up to? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> we do that in um, All right, everyone. In the pat in the Patreon. This is interface. I'm pulling up Larry Nemechek's book, uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation Companion, revised edition, and I will read you what he says this episode's about. After successfully okay. testing a new interface that transforms remote sensor data in hands-on reality via his own visor inputs, LaForge is ready to take on the retrieval of the lost USS Ramon, trapped low in the atmosphere of a gas giant, Margine 7. But the mission is threatened when Picard breaks the news that the starship Hera has been lost with all its crew, including its captain, LaForge's mother, Silva. The engineer opts to press on with his Ramon mission, noting that the device designed to work with his unique anatomy... Uh, it's not his anatomy that's unique. It's the visor input. Whatever, Dr. Trek, it's fun. Uh, just as he finds the crew of seven <laughs> all dead, the fire flash leaves him with severe burns, even though the flash was merely relayed via the remote, remote probe's inputs. After Crusher adjusts the interface to prevent a reoccurrence, LaForge tells his father via subspace that he refuses to believe that his mother is dead. Even so, he's startled to find her on the Ramon during the probe's next run. She asks him to take the ship lower in the atmosphere where her vessel supposedly trapped. Despite suffering neural shock in the exchange, LaForge, with Data's help, risks one more contact, countering Picard's direct order and the beliefs of his friends who feel he's hallucinatory, uh, feel he's in hallucinatory grief. This time he learns that his mother is really one of the many fire-based life forms who are trapped on the ship and will die if not returned to their home lower in the atmosphere. And he does so initially angry. Picard later relents and shares his sympathy. There you go. Nice. Um, let's hop in. Exciting. Jordy, have you found it yet? Not yet. I'm starting to get some fumes. This is an elaborate way for Ammonia, Riker to find his keys. Fluorine, potassium chloride. <laughs> Are you sure you left them in here? I think so. I mean, I was in that Jeffrey's tube earlier but now it's on fire so I'm gonna send you your virtual self in I do love this the uh, it's it's a smart smart way to hook us immediately with like ooh Jordy's not wearing the visor yeah Andy has no no beepies on his on his uh, you know which is interesting because this should just be a projection of himself right because he's in the uniform yeah yeah. So he doesn't ever he doesn't Isn't project his... himself with the visor nor with the inputs for the visor on his head. That's interesting to me. Maybe that's not how he sees himself. Maybe he sees himself without. Uh, but he it does, it but he does he actually himself. see himself. You know, like he can see himself in a mirror if he walks. You know what I mean with the visor on. That's a good point. So I mean, he, he puts himself in a uniform. What if? What if? I what mean, if this is this, he was a captain. This is what if he his... Captain Pips. <laughs> Or he's dressed in some kind of extravagant outfit hey, <laughs> with I'm like back. feathers and stuff. Emergency uh. suppression system. All these vital functions are completely normal. The interface unit is operating within expected parameters. Why did he start coughing when he went through the gases? Psychosomatic response. I feel like I'm actually here. I mean, there in the Jeffreys tube. It's funny, when I saw the smoke, I couldn't help but cough. No one has ever reported so complete a sensory experience. 
The interface is perfect for Geordi because his visor inputs allow the probe to transmit information directly into his cerebral cortex. It looks like this is going to work. Geordi, I'd like to get the probe out of the Jeffries tube onto the launch bay before we reach Marigny 7. Will do. Wait a minute. Something's wrong. Can't get my left leg to work. What is it? This is odd. The probe is to... Well, I think it's like sort of setting up the whole... Uh, it feels... Jordy yeah, feel and it also feels. like Jordy... Like uh, the in- increasing the... Fat, you know what I mean? Like bumping up the percentage to make it work better. But it's... You know, it's a it's a weird um, drone. You know, without arms or legs, like it's not like it's an android that looks like. Yes, him. but in order it's, to go down, he must go down that ladder. You know, he interprets right. it as such. So it's, it's all metaphorical, yeah. right? And then, like, he sees a reflection of it. Jordy, what's wrong? Nothing. I'm seeing my reflection in a panel. Forgot what a handsome guy I am. I'd really like to fuck that probe. <laughs> That's what I think the subtext oh, is. Oh, for sure. He, you know how he loves. <laughs> He's a mechophile. Oh, Andy's He's definitely, theories. He's into it. He loves Every it. Every one of Andy's theories is coming true. To the lower atmosphere. It's true. 11,000 kilometers below its current position. The crew was to sample the atmosphere at that level and then return to a safer orbit. Something must have happened down there. Maybe the shields failed or they had some kind of inversion reaction in the nacelles. Any life signs? Our biosensors are useless. There's too much interference in the atmosphere. Their crew might still be alive. There's no way we could tell from up here. Will the probe be able to transmit through that interference? The probe sends information via a focused particle beam. It should be able to cut through the interference. But we may have to operate the probe at close to tolerance levels. Hmm. Will your nervous system be able to handle that much sensory input? We've already tested the interface at about 70% of tolerance. We shouldn't have any trouble going higher. The safety override will kick in at about 98% tolerance. That'll disengage the interface. Captain, I am receiving a transmission from Starfleet Command. Admiral Holt. In my ready room. The seven people on that ship are our first priority. Is the probe ready for launch? Yes, what about the truth? Direct All right, it's our second priority. The, <laughs> through the secondary airlock. That way it should put it just one bulkhead away from the bridge. I'll that's the first, the that's their, their, their number one duty, not their number one priority. <laughs> Semantics. <laughs> hey, Livingston. Hello, Marcus. Sean Luke. How's life on DS3? We're hosting this year's Palio. Not as good as DS9. The uh, <laughs> Ferengi have already been accused of trying to bribe the Breen pilot into throwing the race. Well, there's nothing unusual about that. Nothing at all. <laughs> Generalizations about. I wish full. I could say that I was calling. High <laughs> 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 five, Admiral. <laughs> Those fucking Ferengi. <laughs> Cussing a lot in this episode. Nine days ago, the Hera left here on a routine courier mission. We were in contact with it for five of those days. Then the ship disappeared without a trace. All my Hera. mail was lost. I'm afraid so. <laughs> <laughs> but also people there were a lot of people there's a specific acting note I don't like what he's doing with his hands <laughs> I feel like uh, you know kind of cross your fingers together you look you look awkward 
Um, desk acting. Interesting. The guy needed to take my desk acting. Off. I think they just needed to push the camera in a little bit more. <laughs> that could be. Maybe he didn't know that we're on screen. <laughs> Are my hands in this? No, no, you're fine. Okay. Usually with the <laughs> usually with the admirals, they uh, they just cut them off right yeah. at the, the chest, I'm right? Keep them at it for another seventy-two. Or they're standing. But to be honest, I don't think another week would make any difference. I'll inform Commander Forge. Thanks. I didn't want to. That's why I called you. Bye. That's a, a great Mr. Data, little I'd like a word acting from Commander moment Forge. there for Aye, sir. I will Patrick Stewart. Old Patty Stew. Just good old Sir Pat. Just, just taking those moments and really living in them. You know? That's a good actor. Yeah. He knows what to do with his hands the so whole true. time. Yeah. yeah. You don't <laughs> see him, him having awkward hands. Look at right now. His hands uh, gracefully next to him as he's standing. So, it's a really good point. As a matter of fact, like that is a tough acting moment that you're standing waiting to have a, a an intense conversation and just standing like waiting. It could be totally awkward and you could be telegraphing everything and it, nothing nothing strikes you. He just seems I mean, like totally inhabited Jordy in the moment. seems to know what's up. Sure. Jordy, I've just spoken with Starfleet. The Hera is missing. Missing. My mother. The one with your mom on it. Captain LaForge has disappeared, along with the rest of her crew. Now, do you remember, up to this point, have we established that his parents were captains? Or is his father an admiral? His father's a commander, I believe, a doctor. Oh, he's a doctor. Okay. I assume. Or just, yeah, or just a Vereen. science man. So, ben Vereen, science man. Right. It's probably his full character name. <laughs> I would have watched that show. <laughs> um, so do we know? Well, whatever the case. I, I guess why I'm asking I don't is remember because not I knowing liked... because I, this has been in my head for 20 years. So like in my mind, it's always... Right. I've always been in Starfleet. It's, it's hard for you to figure out what's... Right. I guess what I'm saying is... Uh, I don't. I don't know if this needs to be underlined, but it, they. It's a. It's a, a, a woman of color that's mentioned as captain, ah. and there's no nothing made of it. And and I really like that. Well, been, come on, Star Trek Four. First uh, time we see a female captain, she was an African American. Like we've already been that's through true, this, but we're Andy. At- I know, but we're in the midst of Enterprise over on the Patreon. Where it's well, like only one ship out there. Almost universally white yeah, guys. There's and, only huh? one ship. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? That's true. <laughs> right. And progressive. Uh, yeah. His father's dressed as doctor, though not named here. Earlier screen called him Edward M., and the script gives his rank as commander. Both parents had already been referred to as an exozoologist and a command officer in the episode Imaginary Friend. Um, I, that, does that, Ben Vereen come back? Answer. Does Ben Vereen come back? Not that I remember. Yeah, that's interesting. They clearly, if you're casting Ben Vereen in that part, you're clearly leaving the door open for yeah. Or you're also being like, his dad. Plots. You're also being like, hey, uh, Lavar, who do you think should play your dad? And he goes, Ben Vereen. They're like, oh, we'll call him. And then he's like, yeah, sure. Right. What do I do? Are my hands going to be on screen? 
<laughs> I don't got I got to practice. They are? <laughs> okay, well, I'll try acting. to make it natural and of course Ben Vereen nails it. <laughs> Your only son. You ever watch 10 Speed and Brown Shoe? No. I really enjoyed it. It's Jeff Goldblum and Ben Vereen. Uh, Jordy's mom knows what to do with her hands. Yeah, see, she's doing what I'm talking about there. Look at that. Look at that. Nice and crossed, nice and relaxed. uh, Ace the hand portion of this this test. (laughs) Okay, second best. Come in. I'm sorry, I didn't know you were... Don't worry about it. Incredibly awkward moment for Riker. Don't worry about it. Yep. Okay. So should we? <laughs> should we stay? talk now? Should I? You're not going to say anything. You're just going to keep playing the message from your potentially dead mother. Okay. We're going to be in the same sector next week. Take a shuttle over, and I'll introduce you. But if you my mother's always trying to find me a I'll wife. See you at your father's birthday party. Remember, if you talk to him, she doesn't know where my interests really lie. This came in about three weeks ago. I never got back to her. Jordy, the probe has entered the planet's atmosphere and I'm ready to take it onto the ship. If you would like to take a couple of days off, I'll run the interface. The interface is calibrated specifically to my visor's inputs. It would take you at least 10 hours to convert it and those crewmen down there can't wait. The interface doesn't have to be fully compatible. I could run it right now. I wouldn't have the same control that you have, but it would still work. Forget it. I'm the best person for the job, and there's no reason why we shouldn't proceed as planned. The Hera is reason enough. The Hera is missing. That's all. Until I hear something different, my mother just might as well have taken the crew on an unscheduled holiday. Let's go. Told, right? that's why, by the way, that's why Madge Sinclair looks so familiar. She was the captain in Star Trek Four. Oh, really? Yes. So I wonder if she's playing like a like a like a An yes. ancestor. Yeah, that would be great. Nice cannon, Captain. The probe is through the airlock and in position aboard the Roman. The guard to command the data. Report. We are ready to bring the interface online, sir. Proceed. Dorn's like, do I say anything? No. Activating the remote sensors. <laughs> but I just have to stand here? Yes. Initiating interface. <laughs> do you want me to nod? Poor, poor Dorn. We're going to disconnect you. Understood. He must have a line in the episode. He does, but also like that scene, for instance, like he's there and doesn't yeah. have a line in that scene. To show up for work, but he's just There's a mess thing. in here. There must be a breach in the hole someplace. Picking up atmospheric gases in the corridor. Methane and ammonia primarily. That break in the hull might even be on the bridge itself. I'm heading towards the bridge. It's well shot. I found someone. What is your position? About 12 meters up the main corridor. 
He's trapped under some conduit from the bulkhead. I can't move it. I'm gonna need more power to the tractor beam. Go to 80% of tolerance data. No higher. So why does the tolerance increase the tractor beam? Do you understand that? I assume like the force exerted is relative, right? So if Jordy's exerting more force, the tractor beam will exert more force. But if it's but tolerance is only his... at seventy percent, he can only exert seventy percent of force. I guess wouldn't the power of the probe be the same whether he was experiencing it or not? Well, no, because if he's yeah, if he's able he to was... manipulate things based on what the probe is doing, then he should be able to control how much the probe is pulling or pushing. Do you know what I'm saying? I guess I'm saying it seems like it's more of a mathematical. Well, like, no, I mean it's the know, same strength it's of the probe. What they set thing. up with his foot not working. That seemed to be more of an issue of um, clarity of signal to some degree. Like, was the signal from Geordi through the interface You're clear right. enough? And so they were increasing This episode's it. bad. Yeah! <laughs> I proved it! All right. <laughs> I mean, I guess I bring it up because uh, it's a, it's a, it is a sticking point for me in this episode, and maybe I'm not understanding an aspect of the tech part of it. But the the argument is basically, oh, he can't do that because he's not experiencing clearly enough or connected enough to the probe. Um, and and a lot of the times I don't understand. Like, well, couldn't he just send the signals of the probe, or couldn't they do it manually to do the same thing? And I, I mean, and everything I that's the, happening here, it seems like they could use a camera <laughs> and a joystick. Yes, right. if that's your question, then yeah. I mean, it is a little silly that they need to have this whole suit situation happening. It's funny that the suit looks like a mocap suit. Raspberry jam. <laughs> so is the idea, well, I guess we'll hear her. Explain. Yes, but I have a theory why they didn't. The tolerance levels of the interface were set extremely high. I think Geordi's neural response to the input was so strong that it created a feedback loop. The sensors that were transmitting the sensation of heat to my hands must have overloaded. The crew of the Romana dead. I would like to retrieve them and their vessel, but... Not if it means putting Geordi's safety at risk. If we turn down the sensory input on the probe, I should be fine. Seven people lost their lives down there, Captain. We should at least retrieve the information they were collecting. Doctor? If we operate the interface at lower input levels, I'd say the risk is acceptable. Carter Riker. Riker here. We will proceed with the probe. We'll have to take it into the Roman's auxiliary control room. Their bridge is too badly damaged. How long before you have it in position? A couple of hours. We have to cut through the bulkhead. Okay, but could, could we just plug uh, data in and uh, he could do this pretty easily? <laughs> no? Okay, bye. Well, it looks like you'll have time to recuperate. Yeah. They also could have just beamed data down there, couldn't they? Oh, sure. Oh, look at this. Look at Ben Vereen's uh, hands. Just, you know, nice. Yeah, another nice, pro. Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Steeple, he's doing his own spin on it. Under the circumstances, below the desk line, okay? also yeah. very, uh, I very spoke inventive. With your sister this morning. 
She said she'll be in touch with you in a few days. Right now, she's pretty upset. The service for the Herald will probably be on Vulcan. Most of the crew are from there. But your sister and I want to have a private ceremony. Dad. Don't you think everybody's jumping the gun here? Last I heard, there were still two starships out there looking for them. They found no debris, no residual warp distortion. And no ship. Not yet, but that doesn't mean they won't. Starfleet is considering the Hera loss. Search isn't much more than a formality at this point. Jordy, your mother's gone. Yeah, well, you can think that if you want. But until I see some hard evidence, I'm not going to give up hope. All right, Jordy. <laughs> a little bit of luck there. I have some things to say here. Mm. First, how good is Ben Vereen? This guy's playing right into a camera against no one. And... You know, I mean, it's obviously that goes without saying that Ben Vereen is is a you know one of the great actors uh, of all time. But but independent of that, he's one of those people that worked primarily in theater, and sometimes that people who work in theater, particularly of this era, uh, when you move them to TV or film, they're still great actors, but it's a very big performance. This is such a fucking laser focused, you know, full of intent like performance that you don't even see on Star Trek with guest actors when they have these screen scenes. It's always a little bit self-conscious, probably because they're playing it into a camera, talking to no one. Such a great performance. It's obviously just saying what we all know. But uh, And then in addition to that, this is really where we get into my main confusion with this episode. Not confusion, but a point. Do you think... That Jordy is completely off. They're present. They present him from top to bottom in this episode as though Jordy is sort of off the rails in thinking that his mom could still be alive. And I feel like Jordy kind of references it. Every one of these starships, particularly the Enterprise, has seen so many ridiculous situations where people they thought were dead or you know still alive or you know weird turns of fate. Why is everyone so absolutely convinced? that the Hera is gone and that's it. You know, I thought I thought similarly. I was like, well, well maybe the Hera is just on their own Star Trek adventure right now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll slip back into the subspace stream uh, next week or something and, and, and everything will be I fine. I mean, you don't have to tell me, but I do wonder if, if she comes back because that's another thing that feels like they left the door open for at the end. Like, all right, we all accept that she's dead, but maybe she's not. I mean, it is interesting. Like, it's like, well, what really that did happen to the Hera? There's no traces of anything. Yeah. Come in. <laughs> this is such a weird scene. <laughs> hey, Data. Data looking Still at nothing working? on the screen. No, I've completed the adjustments to the interface. I am now waiting for Commander Riker to finish moving the probe. Yeah, about that probe. If you were going to try and ask it on a date. I was just passing by. I was wondering what you were up to. I'd like to wine and dine the probe. What kind of food do you like? (laughs) No? Okay. 
Was I being dated? Was I supposed to be dated? No, that's that is not entirely correct. While it is true the display is currently blank, this emptiness has a poetic meaning. Therefore, it cannot be considered nothing as such. Says who? The ancient Dusidarians. Much of their poetry contains such lacunae or empty spaces. Often these pauses measured several days in length, during which poet and audience were encouraged to fully acknowledge the emptiness of the experience. <laughs> I remember a few lectures from Starfleet Academy that seemed that way. I do not. Are you certain you do not wish to talk about your mother? <laughs> Why would you say that? You are no doubt feeling emotional distress as a result of her disappearance. While you claim to be just passing by, that is most likely an excuse to start a conversation about this uncomfortable subject. Am I correct? No, Data. Sometimes just passing by means just passing by. Hmm. Then I apologize for my premature assumption. This particular poem has a lacunae of 47 minutes. You may experience the emptiness with me if you wish. Thanks. It's, it's sort of an odd scene. It is an odd scene. Because <laughs> they, I mean, not only, it's odd because he's looking at nothing. Is, are the Dusitarians a real thing? That's, or is that it's made, made up Star, Star Trek? Trek? Just made up Star Trek bullshit. That doesn't exist. Who are they trying to, who are they trying to fool? <laughs> um, that's one thing. Um, but uh, the misdirect also, the um, that he's like, no, I don't need your opinion. I don't need you to help me. And then he's like, you gave up to her easily. I do want to talk about my mom. It's like, <laughs> I guess it's interesting. It's true. People avoid talking about their feelings. Yeah. I mean, I, also, I, what I like about this episode, in a sense, uh, is is the, the data journey relationship. The, that sort of exploration of that and the lengths with which right. they both go. Because if you think back to the season six finale with Jordy sitting there while well, this very much mirrors to me when Jordy went in and Data was trying to kill that Borg you uh-huh, know right. and, and needed help turning off the uh, safety protocols and you know Jordy's like reluctance willingness to help his friend and you seeing right. Data reflect that back to Jordy I, I like that uh, yeah. passing I mean look they're best they friends are, regardless of what Picard might say <laughs> I really didn't mean it. Then my initial assumption was correct. You do wish to speak of your mother. Am I crazy to think that she's still alive? Your sanity is not in question. However, your evaluation of the available information is biased. She's a starship captain. She's gotten herself into and out of impossible situations before. Why should this be any different? Disappearance is fitting the profile of the Hera. Have rarely ended with the safe recovery of ship and crew. Rarely, but that not makes me feel never. much better. Right, and we've escaped situations that have rarely ended in the safe return of a crew. Look, I'm I'm sorry, Data. I didn't mean to snap at you. I'm not offended. You are upset. Your reactions are not surprising. It's just that if if she really is dead, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Uh, I mean, what did you think of the whole? I, you know, now he's talking to his mother. At any point, where you're like, 
this is definitely not happening or i mean this is definitely happening or <laughs> you're just always like this isn't happening he's hallucinating poor guy well this is sort of the odd choice that they make script wise is they they kind of set us up emotionally to think that he's crazy or at least way off base in in thinking that his mom is still alive and then he sees his mom and there's no misdirection it's not his mom you know right so it's like it feels like you would want it to lean it a little bit the other way um and i I think that what happened is they chose an emotional plot that doesn't lean toward good storytelling which is like okay the emotional plot is sound that you know people have trouble accepting you know death when it when in their lives um but uh or loss but then it's like all right well then we know that this isn't his mom and so i was like the only thing that the only thing that made it really kind of interesting is i was like "Ooh, are they going to reverse it again and actually it will be his mom uh yeah and it was like i think their reversal is it's the aliens but it's like yeah right yeah (laughs) like we all saw that coming right i don't know yeah i do i feel like there is more i wanted from this episode that it just didn't give me i wonder if if it had been that the aliens were more entwined with his feelings about his mom like somehow they really learned something about humanity and or maybe they were sort of they did have nefarious intentions and then they changed their minds based on his connection to his mom or something like that would have at least dovetailed it a little bit more plot wise Hmm. but it's just like we kind of think he's we're told that he's crazy the whole time, and then he is not crazy, but off base. I, about his mom. I, to that point, like it would have been interesting to me, I guess, if they had sort of done a thing where they're like, "Okay, Jordy, let's all do it. We're going to put every fucking ship resource into helping you figure this out." Right? You know? Oh, you can't interface because you know it's dangerous and you might blah blah. blah but guess what? We'll figure out a way. We can send this probe in and do this or whatever. And him sort of working and through that, I think, would have been interesting. Yeah, I agree. And also, sort of going along with your point, they also could have gone, they would go a little bit in the direction of, he's acting erratically. He's still doing this thing, and everybody thinks he's crazy. But it's kind of, it doesn't, like, it doesn't land that way. It's sort of like, in the end, it's like, oh, it was actually alien, so it's good that he communicated with them. It's like, he doesn't put the ship in danger, he only puts himself in danger. It doesn't seem like he's that far off the rails, which would have been interesting to see. Yeah, like he, ultimately he's not affecting anyone but himself. Right. Which you could argue that's, you know, it's sort of presented as like, that's your, you know, even in, in putting yourself at risk, you're depriving the ship of of you. and Or you might, you put that in danger. And so that's a huge thing. Yeah, I mean, you left Barkley in charge down there. It's interesting we just watched the the Voyager episode where Chakotay basically does a similar thing of putting himself in danger. Don't you feel like that happens so many times with our watching all three series at the same time? It's very strange. They just sort of like the plots just link up. I mean, what does that tell you? It tells you there's only three Star Trek plots. It cause any permanent damage. <laughs> it could be. I wouldn't want to expose his brain to that kind of stimulus again. Is there one kind of pie, pecan pie. Hallucination. His brain functions are normal. I told you. I wasn't hallucinating. Jordy, 
I've analyzed the probe's sensor logs. There are no records to indicate the presence of a living human on board the Raman. Well, she wasn't exactly there. Her ship is down on the surface. So you believe that what you saw was some kind of transmission? Somehow, she has managed to communicate with me. We have no indication of a transmission of any kind. Maybe I'm the only one who can detect it because I'm interfaced with the probe. The probe does allow Geordi to sense quantum fluctuations, subspace anomalies, and other phenomena not perceptible by any other kind of sense. Other cool Granted, shit. But what how data? Could he you know, visually never mind. As if she was standing there in the room. I'm not sure, but I do <laughs> I know do like that. brains weren't designed. I like that Geordi is the the best one to have this kind of ir, um, irrational instinct because he can justify it the most with science and then have help from data. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's all this other stuff. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> Might work, maybe. Whoop, Daddy, you trailed off there. No, no, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in Counselor Troy's office. I think I'm going to start talking about my childhood counselor. You're way off. That's not what I asked. Well, she's... She's brilliant. Funny. She's incredibly perceptive. Knows what to do with her hands. She knows people. Knows what they're all about even before they open their mouths. She's always been that way. She's... She's a real good judge of character. When was the last time you saw her? About seven months ago, when she first took command of the Hera. Went to a party she had for a crew. She wanted me to come over and see her, but I was really busy at the time. I mean, I suppose I could have made the time to go and see her, but, you know, I just didn't think that... I mean, you know, I... I didn't think that... You didn't think it would be your last chance to see her? That's not what I was going to say. Yes, it is. I read your thoughts. I want to suggest something. (laughs) Call it a theory, all right? All right. You're worried about the disappearance of your mother. Guilty that you didn't see her when you had the chance. So you're unwilling to consider that she might be dead. Your need to believe she's alive is so strong that it manifests itself as a physical image. But she told me she's trapped on that planet, that she's in danger. Now, if this were some sort of wish fulfillment, don't you think I'd be fantasizing her safe and sound? No. Because that would be the end of your fantasy. You'd know it wasn't true. The more involved and complicated and unending your story is... The longer you can believe your mother's still alive. Yeah, well, that's your theory, Counselor. I've got one of my own. Which is? Well, oh, I guess we're done. But I, our session isn't over. Um, You're just wasting your credits. Look at, look at this. Look at Jordy throw this chair up. That's very funny. Hera passed by this planet just 10 days ago. Now, there's an awful lot of subspace disturbance in the atmosphere. The ship could have accidentally picked up some residual traces that directed the funnel right back here. So the hair is in one piece, somewhere out there. 
Well, maybe it's being surrounded by some kind of warp field, but who knows for how long? Miss LaForge, do you have any evidence to support this hypothesis? Well, I did pick up some pretty strange subspace readings when I was interfaced with the probe. Jordy, that could have been anything. Yeah, but I talked to her, Commander. She asked me to bring the Raman closer to the planet. Mr. Data, is any of this possible? Yes, sir. However, it is highly unlikely. How unlikely? Nearly impossible, sir. Let's proceed with the shuttle plan. Captain dismissed. He did come up with an actual odds response. Mr. LaForge. Don't throw chairs at me. Throws the chair. (laughs) I want you to know that I'm not unsympathetic to what you're going through. Your mother's disappearance is tragic. But I cannot risk your safety on the basis of a dubious hypothesis. Captain, if I'm right, and there's just one chance in a million that she's alive... I'm sorry, Geordie. My decision is made. I understand, sir. Well, I wonder if this influenced the Matrix. This episode? <laughs> I guess it's a stretch. <laughs> I mean, I think... I, definitely I think lawn, nerds is, who saw everything. It's very Lawnmower Man. Yeah, I guess that's what Lawnmower Man would have been more. It's interesting that, that it, it's always a sticking point, and I think it is in this episode, too, where it's like, I can't let you interface with that probe from a, from a distance. It puts you in uh, too great a danger. It's sort of like... They really do backflips to make it a danger to Jordy. I mean, I'm trying to think about what this episode is about. I mean, I think it wants to be about, you know, humans' inability to, to Process face loss. Grief. Process grief, right. And Jordy's difficulty in doing that. Well, but I don't think Jordy's being unreasonable, given the lack of evidence... And the fact that he serves yeah. on the Enterprise. <laughs> They're in a weird area. It's kind of like there was an episode of Buffy. Did you uh-huh. watch Buffy? I don't remember. Yes, I, I did. We're about to give a spoiler for Buffy, so just turn off if you don't want to hear it. Um, when Buffy's, uh, this stuff happens with Buffy's mom. The body, great episode, and season five. Right. Fantastic episode. So they, But they go to a lot of lengths to be like, because people die and come back to life so frequently in Buffy. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, but this wasn't for magic. This was just a regular thing and whatever. And you buy it. It's, it's like well done. But it, there is always sort of a subtext kind of a thing of like, yeah, but do you fully buy it? And it's kind of the same thing. It's just a, a problem that it's like the odds have been defied so many times. Why would anybody have this attitude? Yeah. It's a it's a hard it's a hard uh, needle to thread, and I don't really know that they did it correct, like that they were successful in threading it. But you know what's interesting is we do accept other deaths of our main characters, but that's but that's happen, we even see though, those deaths, you know what I mean? Like we right. see them. Yes, you're you're right. That's the distinction. This is something where it's like, well, we don't. There's not. That's not enough evidence for us based yeah. on what we've seen. And also in the, the show. fact. That they're just no missing. No trail, no debris. And Jordy's like, yeah. well, what the fuck happened to the ship? I started to tell my new right. friends those same stories. Pretending that she was alive. Then I started believing that she was alive, that she had just gone away. But that she was coming back. Teacher got into this. Women started to like me and... 
she and my people would give me presents. And then I would they fight my father and Ambo Jitsu. It was ran. important to accept the fact that my his, mother his father dead. sounds very sensitive in the story. <laughs> she wasn't coming back. All the hoping in the world wouldn't make it so. Yeah, I guess he's just telling it straight. In my mind, that was the day that my mother actually died. I cried. My father killed my mother in my brain. But after that, it started feeling better. Your mother was dead. There was proof. There was a body and a funeral. It was a reality. Jordan. If I could see a body, if there were wreckage, I could accept it. But my mother has just disappeared. And now... There's a possibility that she is alive. And I'm not going to quit. Not yet. Again, I mean, like, you know, first for the world of Star Trek, very valid. Totally valid. It's very interesting. They really proceeded with this script with great confidence that having all the other characters say, no, she's dead, Jordy, was enough. And it's not. <laughs> right. And, I mean, that's their own fault for being such fanciful storytellers in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in answer to your question, I think it is a problem that it's sort of like later in the episode you got the stuff with the alien. And it's like, how does that tie thematically? It's just sort of a release of the question of what's going on with is that Jordy's mother or not? But it doesn't really. I guess. I guess the landing point is. Oh, see, Jordy, that's not your mom. Therefore, your mom is dead. Is where he gets to at the end. But it's like. But that wouldn't convince me either. It, that has nothing to do with his prior reasoning. Let me read this quote from Ron Moore. It was during the production of this episode that Ronald D. Moore felt TNG had gone as far as it could be taken. And here's his quote. Here's his quote. <laughs> I think it was a point where we were in the room and we were talking about bringing Jordy's mother in. And we all kind of looked at each other and we're like, this is sad. This is the best we can do? Is this the best we can do is Jordy's mother? It was such a who cares idea that we were just sort of, oh man, this show has got to end. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whoa! More commented. There was honestly, there was some creative burnout during the last season. The relatives were coming out of the closet because we were looking for things to do with people. <laughs> so funny. I I honestly feel like I know that people tend to, and I think it's I think it's fair that in the first first season or two you don't want to start rushing in and eh, bringing this sister because it is like digging stuff out. But I got no problem with here you know meeting Jordy's mother and father. I think that he's being. A little bit harsh. I think it's just what you do with them has to be yeah. valuable. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with all of that. Hmm. That's really if funny. I left though. her to die. I couldn't do that. That's why I've got to do this. Tough to take him seriously in this I can suit. Have you confined to quarters for the duration of the mission? If that's what you need to do, data, then do it. Because nothing short of that is going to stop me from trying to save my mother. But definitely, that will do it. So nothing short. Okay. <laughs> Data, where are you going? Oh, you're helping me. Damn it. It'd uh, be great if, if Data just opened palmed him and just knocked him out. <laughs> I'd rather you know, he put him over his shoulder for this. and carry him kicking and screaming. <laughs> no! 
no, Data, you bring me back to that room and interface me. No. <sighs> However, I do have a request. Yeah? What's that? I would ask you to consider the possibility that what you see is not real. I will. I promise. So, Matt. Yeah. What about this? What about this? He dis he disobeys Picard's orders. Oh, I uh, you know I think he's uh, I think he's due for a reprimand here. But I mean, I didn't even know that was possible with with Data unless someone had taken him over. Well, that's what Data has the power of friendship. You know. <laughs> I thought he was sort of required by programming to obey orders. I think we've seen accurate? many times before that Data can do things that Data doesn't know he can do. Yeah. I find it well. It but it's me. also like there's the moral quandary, sure. right? Yeah. Of like, if I don't, if I just, if I just obey my orders, Jordy could come to some real harm if I'm not here to help him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So then the the morality programming can kick in there and sort of go, well, then I should help him. Right. And that is really where you get into data having a personality and and being more human than 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 he thinks he is. Because it's like, well, you're making a you're bending your logic to match what you, quote, want to do, (laughs) which is take care of your friend over follow your orders. Yeah. Now you can you can sort of pin it on the the moral, the moral underpinnings, but it feels like that's a little bit of a reach. So, also like this, like it's hitting like the sort of plot points without being as fanciful and and fun as as the the um, realm of fear episode with Barkley going into the transporter yeah. beam and pulling out those people. Right, yeah. Which is sort of the same thing here. It's like... Jordy's sort of doing the Barkley thing here. You know, yes, the whole overlap, the the grief is covering it all, but... I don't know. This episode, like, I like the character development for Jordy. And I like the relationship with Data and... I like seeing Jory's parents and I like that but like everything else about the episode is sort of like meh right so when I said earlier I even feel like they there's good Jordy stuff you should if you like Jordy, you should watch it I, I still sort of stand by that but as a general episode I don't know I even feel like the uh, the stuff in this sequence that I don't know that there's much story they could have built on it but just they could have had a little bit more fun with that he's basically the probe he's not himself so like when he holds his hand up and shoots the phaser that's pretty awesome he's like, like he turn- done more stuff like that with him being sort of super powered which would have been more like you're saying the Barkley episode yeah. the farther down you go you may not be able to bring the Ramon close enough to the Hera before being destroyed I have to try Data we're running out of time shield back online we're starting our descent Thank God that you're alive. That I was right about all of this. I can't wait to call Dad. He and Ariana had given up. We're going home. Well, eventually, yeah. Data, everything's fading in and out. 
I'm losing the interface. The probe is descending out of range. You'll have to turn up the input gain to maintain my connection. We are already at 75% of tolerance. Data, you can turn it all the way up to 100 if you do it slowly enough. Give my nervous system a chance to adjust. That is theoretically true. But even at this level of input, you are already experiencing dangerous neural feedback. There are over 300 people on board the Hera data. You and I are the only chance they've got. I will increase the gain incrementally as you descend. He's kind of playing to his, his moral programming himself. It's working. When we are ready to disconnect the inter... Uh, Jordy should have been like, but we have to find out the truth about what happened to my mother. And then it would have kicked in right. Picard's truth uh, duty. <laughs> and then Picard would be like, yep, you're right. It's it's the first duty. I did. I forgot about that. All right. Let him do whatever he wants. Take us in, Commander. You must cease your descent. <laughs> no, Jordy, don't. Please. Data. I'm taking this ship down. Now, if you don't boost the game past tolerance levels, I'll lose the interface when we go out of range and my system will go into shock. Jordy, you are putting me in a difficult position. Please, cease your descent. I won't do it, Data. You're gonna have to increase the tolerance. Disengaging safety systems. Going to full tolerance levels now. Thank you, Data. We're getting close. Thank God. Command the Forge. Uh, yes, Captain. Oh, someone's screwing the, the party. <laughs> Prepared to disengage the interface. <laughs> Sorry, Captain, but I can't do that. Damn it, Jordy, you're gonna kill yourself. If I come back now, my mother and her entire crew will die. I'm scanning for your ship. I'm not getting this it. would be a major reprimand. We're still too far He's away. He's acting completely irrationally. Yeah, well, but is he? Do you know what I mean? I guess he's not acting irrational. We've discussed right, this. Yeah. It's like so is that was that. But I mean, given what they think, he's acting irrational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. yes, I agree yeah. with you. Maybe at the end they're like, "Oh, wait a minute. We all did. Uh, we did all. We had all those, all those other adventures." You know, I was where, just looking through we all of our past or... missions, and Jordy, you weren't far fetched. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let him off the hook. I should be picking something up by now. I'm not finding anything. There's no warp funnel ship there's nothing there really sneaking up on him for it being a probe doctor report his neural synapses are overloading he can't survive this my guess is someone has fire hands and they're using them next to his head <laughs> what do you mean is it the probe next to the probe oh okay Jordy, what's happening to you reverse tractor beam reversing tractor beam what are you? You're killing us. We must go down. Jordy. What's happening? Report. You're... You're trapped? Is there any way that we can disconnect him? If we take him off this to a rough play, he'll go into neural shock. 
all right. Uh, if we only had a chief medical officer standing by to deal with his neural shock. Hmm. <laughs> mm. All right. Do we have any other ideas in here? <laughs> with that, that aspect, it kind of feels like, is it Shades of Grey? I always forget. The one where, he, where it's Riker yes. having the yeah, flashbacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like that where it's all this, you know, false jeopardy kind of like medical stuff. I mean, look, it's all false jeopardy songs. What do you want? Like a decompression tank. Then Let's it try was it. an accident. Captain, I have to take the ship into the lower atmosphere. Explain. As I understand it, when the Raman got close to the planet, it accidentally picked up some life forms that live in the lower atmosphere. Subspace beings of some kind. Intelligent. When the ship went back into a higher orbit, the beings were trapped. How do you know all this? One of them can communicate with me. It must have read my thoughts through the probe interface and took the form of my mother to try to talk me into taking the ship closer to the surface. Are these beings responsible for the death of the Raman's crew? Yes, but I don't think it was on purpose. They probably tried communicating with them the same way they're communicating with me, by directly accessing their thoughts. It must have been fatal to the crew. I guess the interface is what protected me. I have to take them back, Captain. They can't survive so far up in the atmosphere. I'll turn the ship around and come back just as soon as I'm... Jordy, what's happening? The atmosphere is getting more turbulent. Things are blowing up next to me. You know, it's like uh, some (laughs) sparks and stuff. Total shield failure in eight seconds. Can we switch the input? Almost. Switching inputs. I mean, he does essentially almost go into full shock, and she's there. His vital signs are stabilizing. (laughs) He's going to make it. Captain's log supplemental. We have succeeded in disengaging Mr. LaForge from the interface and are en route to Starbase 495. You disobeyed my direct order. You put yourself in grave danger. I am not happy. Yes, sir. I take complete responsibility. That it was only... I will deal with Mr. Data at another time. Meanwhile, I will have to write this incident into your permanent record. Yes, sir. Dismissed. Jordy? Even though you saved those aliens. I'm very sorry that you didn't find your mother. Thank you, sir. You know, it's funny. When I was down there... I didn't want to chat. (laughs) I felt like I had a chance to say goodbye. Even though it was just a ball of fire... You know, that's the other thing. Yes. It needed a scene like Jordy is implying. Yes. Happened. Yes. Like there was no emotional moment between yes. him and the, the aliens pretending to be his mom. I, I completely agree. And if they agree. had said, thank you for saving us. We're sorry about your loss. Blah, blah, blah. You, you know, I, we can't tell you who you're. I don't know. This is all this is all a bad pitch version, but. 
we can't tell you who your mom actually was, but give give him some indication that the mom that lives inside you is is a beautiful person or loves you or some shit like that. Yeah. It doesn't have that. It just turns into a ball flame and disappears. Yeah. And also, like, no word on He's how like, many ball. Fl- I got to say goodbye. But also, Don't like, how many, one. how many like ball flame other people were? You know what I mean? Like, I wish you'd see more balls of flame. So he's saving a ton of people. Yeah, that's a good a ton point of too. species, and you don't yeah. even see them go out, go out of the. Go, this seems like a saving money episode. No, it doesn't to me. Not to me because they build that suit and they have that set. They blow things up. Like it doesn't feel like a saving money episode. It does feel like I think. To, I think the writers felt. Yeah, but it's the one corridor. I think that's true. There's one corridor. The suit doesn't cost that much. And then it's just the All plane. All right, fine. There's Andy, no I'm going to give you $5. I want you to go build me that suit. Well, I can't do it at $5. Well, I mean, <laughs> give me my $4,000 of character payments. And then you can build that suit? Challenge issue. <laughs> <laughs> This is a waste of money, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Both of us are unemployed. Don't do this. <laughs> it's the NBC, yeah, the NBC. Get over there. It's the NBC, Andy. Uh, who's the NBC of this episode? Good question. Oof. Is it data for stepping in and giving a little reason to Jordy's? Is um, it Crusher know, for crazy being mission a doctor for keeping him alive? Yeah, I mean, I guess you would say it's Jordy because he saves the aliens. I'll tell you who it's not. But he sort of saves the aliens kind of by mistake. Not, or not by mistake. but it's not like... Worf. <laughs> or is it Worf? Worf didn't do anything negative in this ah, episode. That's true. That's true. <laughs> he didn't, did he have a single line? He yes, didn't have he a did. single line, did he? The Admiral was hailing. That was, that oh. was his line. Nice. I got to come in for ADR for this? <sighs> All right. Um, um, Troy didn't help him. No, I also wish Troy had been a little bit better at being Troy. Yeah, frankly, even Data's thing of like just consider that it's not really her doesn't really come into play because she clearly acts in a way that convinces Jordy that it's not her. It doesn't really. It's not a decision he makes. Right. Um, I would say it's either Data or it's. Jordy, if you're going to say he still helped the aliens. Hmm. I think it's Jordy. I mean, I think that's what they want us to believe, so I'll give it to Jordy as well. Uh, <laughs> going to play their game. Yeah, I guess huh? so. How many Andy's does this episode get? Oh, we forgot to write it down, Drat. Well, I mean, I will say, I think um, that I, had, I probably would have put this episode at a six prior to us discussing it, but probably watching and sort of the machinations of everything, I sort of, I think I have to put it down to like a 4.5. Yeah. 4.5. As you've said to me many times, Matt, you are correct. Yeah! You did it. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. Exactly. Even from, I probably would have started at a six, and the more we pulled it apart. Yeah. It's like, eh, kind of a 4.5. Really proud of us. So you also give it the same, you say, give it the same O, same O, huh? I give it exactly the same, pre and post. Fuck yeah. yes. <laughs> Finally, we're agreeing. <laughs> All right. Uh... 
But we got some good ones coming, and we got some bad ones coming for this yeah, season seven, I mean, right? Gambit part one and part two are a little. Let's. Uh, I'll be very. I can't wait for you to see them actually because they're so bizarre. Um, I already saw some costumes, and I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, I'm gonna. Let's pause this. Let me share the screen so you can watch the trailer with me. Here we go. Has Captain Picard been murdered? Was vaporized. Or has he turned traitor? I say kill him. And when Riker uncovers the shocking truth... I want this ship prepared for battle. Will the crew be led into an enemy trap? The Force Enterprise. We are under attack down here. The shields are down. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. I don't know. It could be fun. Uh, it looks a little it, silly, but it could be fun. It's it's, it's going to be something. I think that uh, it's time, Andy. We should probably head over to the president's circle. All right, Andy, here we go. Whoa. It's coming out of my speakers, too. The United How are you? Here we are, the President's Circle. Took us a while to get these names recorded. I'm older and wiser and a little uh, tired from traveling. But here we are. So I will thank I'm exactly the same. You're not the same. You're a Dr. Doom t-shirt on, you silly goose. I have a Dr. Doom t-shirt. That really nailed it. Without even a second hesitation. Tell him what you said. uh, I said, hey, Dr. Doom. It it's still good. Fantastic. It was so fast. That's impressive. Uh, whoa, DS9 music playing in the background. I'll take it. Whatever. And uh, this is where we say thanks to our fast patrons. Approaching. Here you yeah. say, yeah, season seven. We're fast approaching DS9 season one. And uh, the people have been with us as presidents for quite a while. Let's thank the following folks here. Anders, farewell and adieu to your fair Spanish ladies. Peterson, Christopher Fernagy. Jaws reference. Yes, indeed. Amber Schmidt, Anthony Deacon, Steve Miffrandier, Adrian Bing, Clark, Sir Reginald Pennybottom, Husker Danny B, Derek Atkinson, Jet Jurgens, Brett Jarrett, first recep- recipient of the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Wear it with pride, Brett. Robert Olson, the Kembles, Andrew Witzel, Derek Westover, Lissy D, Tony Rida, Richard Davis, Tyler Rosewood, Joe Fermanek, Jason Sinclair, Steve Marie Nickel, Stevie Marie Nickel, Alan L, Jason, who thinks of Andy as my friend and Matt as my captain. Well done, sir. Mark Mitchell, Paul Sharp, Captain Shimmons, thank you. Christopher Colbert, or Colbert, Dan Costellic, thank you. Andrew Ingram, Daniel Perez, Ben Roach, Paul Carly, Kelly Coe, Queen Elizabeth of the House of Simpson, thank you, Queen Elizabeth. Brian Hellman, Karen Vanoff, Mike Jones, Brett Euler, Sandra M., Mike Gaylord, Ron LeBlanc, Frederick Roa, Jonathan Wentz, Martin Hedegard Peterson, Live Long and Dad Podcast, Carolyn Land, Whiskey, Ben77, Chris Nedgewitz, Captain Crandall of the Inside Straight, Linnea Huynh, Shark Carbuncle, Chris Love, Luke Morgan Rowe, Robin Larson, Kelly Newman, Commander, uh, sorry, Command 
Master Chief Robert Garrison. How could I throw a commander around when he's a lowly enlisted man? Come on, go to the academy. Be like us. Fred Coppersmith, Catface, Emily Eldred, Ross the Headless, Thompson Gunner McLeod, Herbert Aridia, Brandon Davis, Paul Brisk, Jillian Randalls, James Baker, Diane M. Martin, Kristen Scalisi, the Goddess of Carbs, Amanda Bootwell, Adam Rogers, Candiza Kunte. I know this guy from something big. Oh, never mind. It's just Grand Admiral Matuin. That's a good one. Keith Bodela, Kim Vilsack, Ian Buckley, Chief Technical Officer Troy Ray, Tim Cullen, C.D., Dan McLeod, Gareth Case, Tony King. Uh, I lost my place, but Andrew Barber's here to pick up the pieces. Ben Bodenock, Gary Martinez, C.C. Sadler, Tim Siebel. Uh, we got a Kyle Thompson, thank you. Becca Shoemaker, Jesse Hendricks, Robert Denton, Claire Powells, Eric Maun. Raymond, Brett Parsons, Vanilla Thunder, Stephen Small, Katya Woolishin, Alexis Borsier, Peter Sheeran, Aaron N. That's page one. Andy, take it away. This is DS9? It's very No, that it, majestic. Uh, it transitioned into Jerry Goldsmith's uh, first contract. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, Joe Moran, thank you, a.k.a. Muscles Ripley, stalwart Neelix Defender, currently adrift in space. Kathleen Guzman, Lieutenant Tish Wheeler, Lieutenant Neil Stud Lambda One. Sorry you're still stuck in there, pal. KD Campbell, Will Hoseclaw, Brandon Kellinger. Thank you to Barry Wallace, Jeff Millies, President Preston Foster, no matter what Matt says. Mm, well, don't we know the I mean, truth, don't we, Preston? It's not true, though. Okay. Risa Kochuk, Ryan Solo, Lieutenant Daniel Stenrud, Lieutenant Sofa King Cool, Matt Weipert, Marcello Vita, the specific actor trainee needs help with Vulcan Acting 101. Hey. We're working on it, pal. Joe Sullivan, Kip Corbett, Jesse Tushinsky, Jesse Tushinsky, give that a clean run. <laughs> Christopher P. Gill, a.k.a. the chairman of the Borg. Jan Leppert, Brian McDonald, Rob Sabin. Biff Yeager is my spirit animal. <laughs> I, Dion. Um, John Turin, Alex D. Gesslin, Carmen DeHoog, William Temin, Adrian Carter. Thank you to Marcus Erlinson, Andrew Reeves, Matthew Dillon, Simon Harper, Jeff Jenkins, Andrew Gibson, Cody Stanley, Stephen Cotter, Rob Baptiste. Chris DQ, ruler of the far-flung regions, master of the good versus bad pizza, holder of the sacred chalice of Jalex. Scott Burnett, Chris Leopold, Nick, Lieutenant Dan Billing, Lieutenant John Jonathan Sourshell, Jonathan Leader, Joyce Hudson, Derek Hawkins, Colin McCune, Elena, Jerry Canavan, Cody Wappenkamp, Lieutenant Eric B, Lieutenant Glenn Wakeley, Lieutenant Brian Rowinkle, Lieutenant Frederick Rombouts, Daryl the Animal Noy, Lieutenant Catherine, Jeff the Human, and Maximus the Dog. How long can a profile name be? This long. Wow, this is longer than I would have expected. Good Lord, the letters. Secunda, Matthew Cutler, Nathan Haney, a werewolf with a Palestinian flag in their hand. Really switching it up there, pal. Joe Moore, Tim Collins, Thomas Nelton. You think he got at the Chinese restaurant he was at? <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> That's a real fusion of foods there, though. Jesse Elliott, uh, Matt Schaefer, 
Jeffrey Child, Chad Fate, Trek Barnes, Lieutenant Michael Howe, Data, pronounced Data, not Data, or Data, not Data. It could be either. Um, Lance Daniel Hepper. Nate Richmond, Veronica Wisely, Andrew Polkrang, Matt Burke, Tim Shields, John Lynn, Kvart on Facebook and Instagram, The Dude Never Bowls, Jeff Mullins, Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins. Enter profile name joke here. <laughs> You're not doing the work there, pal. But uh, that's Lieutenant. Enter profile <laughs> name joke here. Lieutenant Tyson Klein, Erica Vanover at Erica Laughing, Lisa Gomez, The Interrupted Tales Podcast. Joel Greenbow, Kellen Adamson, sorry, Kellen Adamson, Lieutenant Rutger Howard, Jason <laughs> Werend, Kevin Brown, Mike Webster, the Squire of Gothos, Thomas Peering, Claudia, Professor of Humanities, Laura McCarricker, Alexander Perry, Lieutenant J.M., Darren That's Gleaton. Lieutenant, Lieutenant J.M. That's true. That's so true. Edward uh, Andres... Acevedo, Mark Redenius, Stephen, Steve Thomas, Kieran O'Sullivan. Whoa. Sorry, my mouth, my mouth is really going slow Hang on, on that second. page. Let me say that last name again. You oh, didn't sorry. do it right. Well, you, do, I, I, you could be speaking about Kieran O'Sullivan. And these accent corner. It's gonna be shit. All right, and a big thank you to Microwave Beef, Adam H, Stephen Harcourt, Harcourt Fenton Mud. What have you been up to? Uh, Brian Adams, Lisa, Jeremy Miller, Katie, get the cheese to sickbay, Whitestone, <laughs> classic Voyager, <laughs> Scott Lieberman, JJ and Jess Atanagra, the pizza good, Jonathan Misner, Denise Kupferschmidt, Tara Hunter, Judge 439, Ryan Hecht, Alex Carrico, Ryan, not a Dr. Doom, Dorkter, <laughs> Stephen McVicker, <laughs> one of 13, Subjunction, Jeff. Uh, James Carrier, Scott Austin, Dave Howe, Aaron, Rob, Delphi Blues, Richard Phillips, Todd Meyer, Jeremy, Seth, Jay, Boudreaux, Eric Rumfeld, Mike LeBan, Heisenberg Overcompensator, I like that, Roberto, Gwethelyn Williams, John G, Lucas Swain, Jay from ScienceDiv.com, The Tribble People, uh, Zach Crum, thank you, Chief Astrophysics Officer, Andy Puckett, thank you, Trenton Hoyt, Carl Dath. That looks like a Klingon last name. Cedric Clark. Uh, Adam Sullins. Nick G. Klingons don't have last names. They're just from the house of Dath. Okay. Before anybody writes in. Beth Clark. Julie O. The Great and Terrible Lizak. Jeffrey Barker. Andrew McClure. JC Shaggy. Kevin Corticus. Or Critakus. We haven't decided yet. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson. Yeah. Simon. Nice. Jerry Brown. Wow. Cowboys owner Jerry Brown is here. Uh, Sarah Friedman. Dylan uh, Ekmalian. Catherine Gartner. David. Michael Collins. Late great Mike Collins. Astronaut to the stars. Um, UM <laughs> Columbus. Nelson Helwig. Amy Pointer. Sente Mastriana. Jeff Caramaza. Amy Gibbs. Teddy Jordan. James Tuttle. Candy Lineup. Michael Shade, Brian Stromitz, Jiminy Jellickers, Valdebumf, Bill and Ted Minute, Cedron Law, Ed Mundy, Miguel A. Moretta, Mike Melton, Mikey Melton, sorry Mikey, uh, Winston Stouffer, Leon Kassab, Pat E., Grant McGuire, Daniel Permit, Jonathan Anderson, Josh Moore, Daniel St. Louis, Melody, the one in Australia, 
secret hail. If Andy were to start a weekly pod by himself with someone else, I'd pay for it, and many others would too. Whoa. Andy's on his way out. Thanks, guys. There may be. (laughs) Finally, I'm free. (laughs) Um, There actually may be one in the works, guys. I'll keep you posted. Uh, Check back here for details. Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast. Matt Weber, Thomas, and the Cham Chamberlain. James McLaughlin, Hayden, Philly G, Kevin Polly, Stephanie Simons, or Simmons rather, Kenny Meehan, Matt Fader, Theodore Zadazilo, Zadazalo, Zadazalo, Hampus Theander, Trevor. Zadazalo? You know what? I'll I'll accept that as well. (laughs) Trevor Kozdrowski, Sam Pass, James Maynero, Chris Yates, Paul Magnus Calabro, Andy, take it away. And. Kobayashimaru. Oh this is the first god. time that I got it. Oh my god, I can't believe it. Everybody. As I said it. <laughs> uh, um, my pun blindness. I'm overcoming my pun blindness. He's cured. <laughs> Mark Isiri, Patrick, Lieutenant Steve Haas, Bob Blair, Philip Hanshai, Molly Murphy White. Uh, Wabash Kozak, Jason Brown, William Smith, Michelle Fairbanks, DW, Foglegs, Mary Mack, Lieutenant Rose Harless, great name, Rose, Debbie Lemon, Richard Wilkinson, Lieutenant Jonah Brulette, or Brule, uh, David Kay, Jonathan Feller, Peter Ballard, Nick Lencher, David Veenstra, Double Butt Stuff Oreos, Oreos with two butts and stuff. Lieutenant John King, Lieutenant Tom Bondurant, Lieutenant Kelly Sweeney, Michael Rossi, David Pinson, uh, Stephanie Dyerson, Derek Knighton, Carrick Jones, Parker Davidson, Zach McCullough, Tanner Wilson, Noah Sudret, John Sates, Sean Lyons, Sean Lyons, Carolyn McNamara, Laura Palma Blanford. Almost sounds like the Dune soundtrack there. Alexander Cruz. Star Trek Tim Glover. We have Discovered Country. Yeah. Dune, fantastic soundtrack for a weird movie. <laughs> um, the original I'm talking about. The not David Lynch one. Uh, Joe Lenzen. <laughs> Excuse me. Not COVID. <laughs> All vaccinated. It sounded like you, you the, the David Lynch walked into the room. That's that sounded like to me. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, Mister Lynch. Yours How is, dare you? Your soundtrack's okay. I took my name off that film. <laughs> um, Tom Hagopian, Blake Pettit, Chad Mattis, Chad Mathis, Lieutenant Ted Marth, C. Edwards, Brett LeBlond, Zach. Zock <laughs> Watson That's Scott Watson Scott Watts Scott Wat- Watson Jesus, Jesus Christ. freaking Christ What the F It's in the morning We're doing a morning run Neither of us is used to it I apologize <laughs> And his he- words aren't warmed up Scott Watson. <laughs> Scott you really might want to consider that It's a great Star Trek alien name Keith Korshigan Daniel Heron, Roberta Cat, Sean Daly, Lieutenant M.W., Lieutenant Andy Benson, Darmok and Sinatra at the Sands. Nice. Patrick Reese, Elizabeth Story, Mallory Duke, Brendan Teske, Noah Smith, Seth Olson, Seanald D. Moore. Nice. 
Is it? Oh, Ronald D. Moore. Nice. <laughs> uh, you got another one. It was slower this time. Something. Lieutenant Joe Blow. Scott Bradley, Adrian Cop. Michael Parsons, Jess, friend of Darhana. Sorry, Star Trek. It's for the Dugongs and Sea Dragons podcast. Grace Ellen Meixner. Viscount Von Poole. Lieutenant Charlie, Lieutenant Matthew Thorne, Thomas McGowan, thank you to Jack Diamond, John Weggy, Team Pigeon Double Take, yeah. Todd Harmon. What is that? Uh, from oh, bonding. Uh, it's uh, bonding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heather Knight, Peter Goodwin, Matt Snyder, Scott Farley, Chuck Credo, Credo, Jacob Reichhart, Igsha, Ugly Bag of Mostly Water. Welcome, Duncan Welp. No. Duncan Delp. <laughs> well, you both got you both got a shout out. Duncan Welp got it for free. Jeff Weiner, uh, Matthew Smith, Zach McGrath, Ian Werner, Mad Seb, Lieutenant Walter, Jeff McGregor, Mike Boonackley, Flying Octopus of the Northwest, the mediocre and average Doug, Lieutenant Doug, Jinkman ninety one, Kerry Hunter, Jason Leach. Adam Ringle, Ingr- Adam Ringland. I'm trying to slow down to get him right, and it's not helping. Kevin S. Brooks, Lieutenant Adam R. Murray, and thank you, I the Cat. And thank you to Shelly, Queen of the Shelliac, Vassil, Jeffrey Maddox, Katie Brosek. Boy, that's loud. Uh, Corey Culbert, Justine Adamek, Luca Z. J.R. Johnson, Hannah Silver, Nurse Ogawa's Fifth Line, cue the music. Do I have it? I thought I had it. Uh, yes, I do. I cued the music. You did. Now, is that the parody version yep. or the... Uh... <laughs> so dumb. Uh, Daniel Brown, <laughs> Timothy Cesarano, Archer Palms, a.k.a. Burning This This, uh, Matty Chappie, Zach Engberg, Natasha Harrison, Patrick, Daniel Weiss, Lord Commander, Daniel Bond, Isaac Boatset, Joel Ahrens, Alexander Macau- Markowitz. Pull that down. Ugh. Insurrection had quite a score. Let's go to the next one. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I forgot where I left off. Isaac Boatset, Joel Aaron, uh, Alexander Markowitz, I don't know. Garrett Havilar, thank you. Gregory Durain, David Landau, Don, the Don Donson. D. Nettleton, holder of the Luxana Troy Medal of Valor, the Sacred Chalice of Ricks, but least of all, Thomas Nettleton's brother. I think that's most of all. Uh, Tamika Mitchell, Alex Kubrick, Craig Little, Christopher L. Mitchell, John Macy, Pizza Shrapnel. Maddie H, Rob Wisdom, John Matthews. Boy, I turned that down. And say thanks to Niles Andereg, AJ, Miss J, MST3, Katie, Sean Cameron, Brian Pierce, Ambassador James Holloway with Diplomatic Immunity. I feel like Andy usually reads that one. Roberto, Ooh. Ivan Bemshot, Rambush, uh, Laura Kincaid, Jonathan Munoz, Lee, I'm going to say Lanza. Jeffrey's Hologram, please leave a message. John Dews, Angel Cruz, Nathan Sweet, Christine Assad, Martha, Michelle Hanna, Kit Gates, Keats, Mr. The Ultimate Trekker, Megan Brady Wright, Matthew Holmes, Eric Peoples, Andrew Branneman, or Brenneman, 
Stuart Allen. Story by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Aaron Houston. Bonnie Luttrell. Kyle White. Martin Thomas Couture. Jennifer Cable. Brad Harris. John Douglas Forrest. Christopher Montoya. David Fiola. Zach Smith. Christy. Beth Baldwin. Beep. Boop. Beep. Boop. Beep. Beep. Boop. Boop. Beep. Thank you. Uh, Jennifer <laughs> Koffenbarger. Uh, Laura, the Elorian, is down on the Lauren. planet getting weird. What? You, you ruined the uh, the alliteration. Lauren, Lauren the, the Elorian. Oh, fine. <laughs> he said Laura, the Elorian. I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Gordon Burnett. Joey Trashbags. L, like you, but five better. Timothy Doherty. Malden from Michigan. Mladen from Michigan. Sorry. Uh, Vince Butler, Matthew Bitts, Joseph Lanter, Andrew French, Ian Clark, Larry, uh, Jarlath McGradup, Christopher, Chris, Chris, <laughs> Christopherson, Valerie Rorick, uh, Kristen Bracken, Mark Stallwood, Steph Hackett, Rachel Waltmeyer, Moreland, 10 forward, Gamma Shift, Shift Manager, <laughs> Thomas Bowater, Jacob Perik, Candace Hor, uh, Candace Homan, Arnon, uh, William Black, and Matthew Asakanen. Asakanen, yes, that is it. Lieutenant Zach Kerr, Kerr, thank you. Darren George, a Klingon woman wielding a mechleth. Am I saying that right, Matt? You are. Larry Santiago, Jake Haikila, Suzanne Wilson. Christian Martinez, thank you to Philip Lately, thank you to Ellis Merritt, thank you to Michael Murphy, Andrew D. Meyer, William Noel, Matt Hopkins, Matt Hopkins, um, our, our old friend Kevin Smith, Wes Wallace, David Chifitz, Rachel Kelly, Leslie-Ann Palmer, Jeremy, Jeffrey Jacks, Timk, Robert Mashburn, b Donk 215. No, Donk 2015. Uh, Lieutenant Michael Kukulich. Rich Christensen. Elliot Kingdon. Rail Goodall. Lieutenant Ben Miller. Phil the Killer. DM Johnson. Jessica Wright. Thank you to SDF Prowler. Thomas Evans. Nicholas Linder. Daniel Duval. Lisa Tuttle. Sean Bayham. John Eckley. Kent. Pescatore, Morgan, and then Les on the ocean. Ben Sautel, Neil McNair. Sorry. Niall? McCann? Neil McCann? Uh, remember, you can put your name's phonetic pronunciation where you put your name in the... That sounds like uh, Lord of the Rings, the animated Lord of the Rings a little bit to me. It's <laughs> Star Trek <IV. laughs> Because they're all they're all just regurgitations of the same scores over and over. Drew Taylor and the Linus. Uh, thank you all so very very much, Andy. It pleases me greatly to see that these other pages were just blank. Yeah, it's impressive. I wasn't expecting that. Hopefully, we got everybody. I think we did. Uh, if we didn't. Please write in. We're happy to add your name to next. Don't write list. in. Don't write in. Stop. Ah, write in. Okay, write in. Um. And uh, just a side note, I think I got, I don't know if I read it or not. I got a complaint at one point about the names. It was very aggressive. <laughs> what do you mean? And uh, to me, 
The names is the easiest part of like that's that's not even a uh, a saucer section. Like that's like some shuttle where you know we're we're tractoring behind. Wait, us. I'm sorry. You Someone was mad just... because they didn't turn off the podcast when we decided exactly. to start the names. <laughs> and I was like, you know, you have access to a little button that says stop. Uh, and uh, also, and they were like, I put the time code on, like. Uh, do you even put the time code? I put on for the, the time names? code over the names always. Oh well, that's that's insanity. Then that person is just sour, a sourpuss. All right, well, sourpuss, you are not our friend. Uh, but thank you all. Uh, we know that uh, the uh, pod was a little delayed this this month. Uh, it was a lot delayed. But we're I went away to the East Coast for two weeks. He was on. A, you were in a little in a little cabin, I right? I was you on a out cabin sabbatical with no television. Did you enjoy it? Uh, I had a, a decent time. Henry enjoyed himself, except for the traveling part, getting to and from. Isn't that the same with all of us? I guess so, Andy. Although they mm. say it's not about the journey, it's about the journey. What? I mean, except for those boomers in Enterprise. Ugh, fucking They boomers. love the journey. They like that sweet spot on the ship with zero gravity, but we never see it again. Whatever. Stupid boomers. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you all very much, Andy. Let's uh, Let's walk out of here. Wait. Bye, bye. Oh, we're celebrating five lines. Oh, well. As we walk out. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. (laughs) So good to see you. We're exiting. Five lines for all of you. Everything is so loud whenever we leave. Thank you. Okay, bye, everybody. That should have closed behind us. (laughs) Thank you. Door took a while to close. Everybody, sorry. Oh gosh, Andy. I don't know why I still hear music. Yeah, That's I got silly. slammed in the door several times. Oh, you know. Well, okay. Now we can leave for realsies. Take us out, machine. Disengage. Follow Star Trek: The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook. Search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone, it's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President Circle for $17.01 per month. 